Hey, this is Zen Perry. Thanks for listening to the Zen Perry Project. I have a few requests of you before we get into the show. First is go to Zen Perry Project, Z-E-N-P-E-R-R-Y Project on Instagram. Give us a follow. Second is make sure you follow and turn on notifications for our episodes wherever you listen to the Zen Perry Project. And third is share the show with somebody. Maybe send them an episode they'd be interested in. Without further ado, here's the show. Thanks for listening. Today on the show, we have Annabelle Asher. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, you're a musician that I just played on a bill with. I was playing the Cape Knots. We played Bowery Electric, and that oh, was yeah. a sick show. That was a super fun show. I'm uh, nodding because it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys killed it. Um, oh, thank I, you. So did you guys. Oh, uh, thank you so much. That was my first show in New York, and I am um, I'm hooked. I need to get more back out there and do some more shows for sure. Oh, yeah. Dude, you guys really like rocked my shit. Like I seriously I have not stopped thinking about that performance because it was just so next level. It was so amazing. Well, thank and, you very much. And you and you really turned it. And I remember my partner turned to me and was like, look at the drummer. <laughs> Cause you were you're you're doing your little like I Yeah, that's it. my that's my thing. Whenever people get pictures of me, my hands are always in the air. Like I never got <laughs> like, like a picture. Does this guy here. ever actually like hit the drums because according to the pictures he's just <laughs> i was not expecting to play like that either like i when i was practicing at home i was just playing on my little like electronic pads and i was just like right. taking it uh taking it slow we only had one rehearsal before that and it was like i barely knew the songs but by the time it came to it i was just like no i'm just gonna rock the fuck out i don't hell yeah this is what i like to do yeah exactly it's like any opportunity to get to do the thing that we do is like such a blessing that yeah, we also had one rehearsal. We were supposed to have two, but then like scheduling got messy and I was really nervous about how the show was going to go. But then I, I think it went really well. And also it was really funny. My friend Nat, who is my bassist slash guitarist, they like rotate. Um, she was supposed to be on a flight to L.A. And then my drummer calls me and he's like, hey, OK, so I am going to be missing soundcheck, but. I have Nat next to me if you want her to play. Um, and I was like, of course, like what? And she's just such a virtuoso, like, like knew everything like so quickly. Like we didn't even have a rehearsal with her. And it was just like, yeah. So shout out to my band, Nat, Jack, Clay, David, you guys, you guys really killed it. And thank you um, for your kind words. And yeah, like I said, I just I was so blown away by you guys, by your whole stage presence of the band. But like Kate's music is just like crazy. It's so insane. Like she really has she has it all together. She really does. She's a she's really incredible. But I mean, your your whole band was super, super tight. Thank I you. think that's uh, very kind words all around. That was that was just an electric night. At, you know, it really was electric. it was an electric night yeah i mean for a sunday great turnout too great turnout yeah oh my god yeah how would you how would you describe like your music in general because when because i hadn't really heard you other than 555 your single which yeah. one we're going to talk about how because you kind of have like a jazz thing going on you kind of have an electric thing going on like well, how what are your influences what do you what what inspires you yeah um 
great question and one I was expecting, except one I will never be prepared for. Um, I feel like every artist like freaks out when someone asks like, so what style do you do? Unless they're like hard prog rock. Like it's always like either something ridiculously specific or it's just a mishmash of a million things. And I'm the latter. I feel like I take inspiration from mainly synth and electro pop and um, garage jazz r&b classic soul um but also like trance music and like um just electronic music like uh, you know computer music pc music the computer as an instrument that kind of vibe yeah 555 is definitely more of a garage inspired track um we were definitely like looking at you know russian garage house bands like Molkat Doma and then like I dress um just sort of like lo-fi but wait what did you just call that Russian what Russian Russian garage I guess okay fuck yeah I I feel like the Russian wave is coming like like it really is like I don't know if you heard Rush by Troy Sivan but I was gonna I was gonna say Putin agrees um (laughs) it feels very uh you know um but yeah that's awesome yeah and then yeah, I feel like um, in terms of like actual artists, like my yeah. biggest influences are they're they're all over the place. But like a few highlights would be like LCD Sound System, Jill Scott, Tori Moi, um, Rihanna, Aaliyah, Mac Miller, Nine Inch Nails, um, Charlie Kendrick. Gaga, you know the all the classics. Justin yeah, I mean, Timberlake. That, that, was, that was that was an extremely wide. Uh, I know it's crazy. Yeah. I'm just looking through my like my playlist of um artists and songs that I think like parlay into my sound, and I'm like, yeah, it's so all over the place. Do you, do you have a playlist? Do you have a Spotify playlist of that shit? It's yeah, it's called album esque, and I will I'll send it to you guys. But um, all right, hell yeah, I'm yeah, and then yeah, there's some there's some. Pixies on here, some MGMT, some Azalea Banks, um, um, my body is a cage, arcade fire. Um, you know, I like I like the drama. I like dark. I I love dark pop and like the sort of. That's why I, th- I like. I'm obsessed with Kate is because I feel like she really does a great job of creating that that world. Um, and so basically like my style is whatever the fuck I feel like making. And then below that, it's probably just like, like alternative. (laughs) Yeah. Like lo-fi alternative. (laughs) Let's just say that. I, how did you, okay. I have so many questions now. Uh, I guess first is how, how did you and Kate meet or just get, acquainted i don't even know I, kate doesn't even know that we're doing this interview uh, i know we're just gassing her and like she has no idea it's so funny making um, friends behind her back i'm not i'm just not yeah know. we're talking yeah we're talking mad shit about kate mm. Ugh. um <laughs> no i we literally met through that bill and i like oh. i'll be totally honest sometimes the gig finesse bills are not a hundred percent awesome front to back um you know love to my love to my indie musicians but sometimes it's just like like it doesn't mesh or or there's just not a chemistry between the artists but 
this one we really meshed like all of us we really me noah lizzie and kate like we all had a group chat beforehand and just like got to know each other a bit and so i was just kind of like stalking kate's social media and spotify and stuff and i was just like holy shit like wow this is very um inspired and inspiring um and yeah kind of lit a fire under my ass honestly i was like fuck like I uh I can and should be really doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you because you uh you released five 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 right before that show, right? I released it June 9th, so a little like like exactly a month before actually. Oh. That was close. Um what I mean, what was what was the timing for that? Like yeah, I mean, so how did how did this even come about? Because you you know how to sing, like where where did you <laughs> learn how to sing? Like what what's your whole music background? Where are you from? You're in LA. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm in LA right now. I'm at my parents' Is that where you're house. From? Yes, I'm from LA. I'm a Valley girl. I'm from nice. Woodland Hills. If you're at all familiar, it's like oh yeah, in, it's like yeah, it's right next to Calabasas. So I grew up, you know, in Kardashian County, um, but you know, adjacent, definitely not like in the thick of it. I just like went to school out there. I have a lot of friends out there, etc. So, you know, I did a lot of musical theater growing up, did a lot of, you know, I did vocal lessons from like when I was like eight, um, just because my parents were super supportive and they saw that I had a passion and a talent and they wanted to nurture that. So I'm forever appreciative for that foundation. Um, I have been I self-taught myself guitar when I was like 12 um and I've always been like proficient at guitar it's not my main instrument but I love playing guitar I've definitely been um working at it and trying to get better because it is um as a solo act like oftentimes it's just me and me and my guitar um so yeah and then yeah, musical theater was my my biggest sort of training in terms of how to sing and how to perform. And that's where I learned like vocal support and how to harmonize and like how to convey emotion through a song. And I really carry that with me um, in my music, even though I'm not doing musical theater, obviously. Um, it's just the the like being able to command the stage and tell a story through a song definitely came from my, my musical theater studies. And then I also did dance and I just have always been, you know, I feel like I really started to become like a music head in middle school. Like that's when I started to be like pretentious about it. You know, I was like, you guys have never heard of Frank Ocean. Wow. <laughs> it was like, I was, I was, I was that kid, but um, yeah, I think, a mix of that and then just like singing to the radio every day of my life forever like being in the car and especially in the era of pop music that I grew up in it was very vocal heavy like I'm thinking of like Chandelier and like all of Lady Gaga's discography and like Halo and just these really vocally demanding songs that I wanted to sing along to um to the much to the chagrin of everybody else in the car um but yeah it was definitely like the radio definitely raised me and i think that has a huge impact on my sound today both like the serious elements of it but also like the unserious like kitsch elements of it 
Yeah, you talked about at the show that you would like listen to the radio for hours and hours and uh, you played a Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Hell but, yeah, I did. So, so I guess you mentioned some of those other songs, but uh, so you said your parents are super supportive, I guess, and your mom was at the show. Yeah, that was amazing. She flew out from LA just for the show. What a what a queen. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sure she had a great, great time. That yeah, was she did. That, was, that was super cool. So uh, when when was like your first time actually like playing live or playing or I guess being in sort of a setting of I mean, I guess you did theater, but uh what about just like more of just like a music setting? Yeah, just like my solo stuff. Yeah. So in college, I went to Wesleyan. I um I did acapella. Where is that? Uh, it's in Middletown, Connecticut. It's a liberal arts school. It's like, um, it's very, uh, you know, artsy, but also intellectual. So like, I felt like I was very well suited. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was touch and go. Cause it was like the pandemic hit like right in the middle. So, um, but I digress. I, I didn't have as much performing experience in college as I obviously wanted to, because half of it was online. But when I was there, I did acapella. Um, my group was called Quasimodal. And um, just like group singing really resonated with me. And then just I think I think it took a little while for me to to build up the confidence to be like, I can be this, I can do this, and I can do it on my own. And so my first performance as, you know, as me, as as Annabelle Asher as a solo act was at Wesleyan. It was it was really like chaotic because it's, it's such a, you know, because everybody there is so neurotic and involved. There's always shit going on like at every hour, every day. Like there's always at least three things that you need to be at and you can't be at all of them. So I had a show on a Sunday at like. 5 30 in music house which is like way off campus and some of my friends came but it was not a very well uh attended show and it wasn't like a the kind of show that i envisioned myself doing at all because i you know with my style of music i i, I envisioned you know like a dark dank room and like just that sense of like intimacy but um i think that first show really like made it obvious that you can't control the circumstances when you're performing and you just kind of have to like do your thing and whatever the audience does is is their business i'm and i feel like audience engagement is a big part of my act because i also did improv so i'm like pretty well versed in in audience interaction and it doesn't like i i have to do a lot of self-talk when you know, I have an audience like like that day I had to do a lot of self-talk like this doesn't reflect on me as an artist or a person. And the people who are here are really here. And that's what matters. Um, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you what do you mean by that part? Like like. There were maybe 15 people there, but all of them were really present and like watching me and were like giving me energy, you know, and ah. that was that was really nice to to have even though it wasn't necessarily like a full packed room i was like oh you guys are being nice to me um and i was like okay yeah like i can i can do this even if there's nobody at my gig yeah they there was there was well i guess if you're talking about specifically 
There's more people than that at the Bowery Electric gig. But Oh yeah, way more people. I just mean like that was my very first show. Got and it. that and then like after the fact, most of my shows have been pretty well populated. So, okay. Funny story about this is so I've been playing drums forever. And uh I've you know been in band since I was like 12. Uh and Kate has and she asked me questions because I've just played more shows than her and she's like oh what if there's not that many people there it's like i've been i've played so many shows where i was like the, there was more people in the band than there were in the room right <laughs> and then you just like can't you just and she's like i don't want to do that i'm like yeah nobody does but it's also like kind of fun and it's almost like a rite of passage to say you've done these mm-hmm. like shitty ass like gigs right uh, and then for the people who are at those gigs you know down the line it's a badge of honor for them to be like, yeah, I saw this person like and there were four people there and it they still turned it. And exactly. that's, that's a sign of a true performer, like someone who, you know, can can keep it pushing despite if the audience is not giving you what you want. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll, and like I, I did a tour with a band. They're called Hot Crazy. They were just starting up, but I knew they were going to be big. And they went on tour with my band and we just like there was barely anybody at these shows, but they, they, they could have been playing a stadium, like with just their energy. They didn't right. give a fuck who was out there. Like they were out there to have fun themselves. And that was like a big turning point for me. I was like, every time I get to play drums, you know, it's a, I could die tomorrow, you know, might as well just do it. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. It's such a privilege to like be able to do it and to be doing it on the level where like people will pay to see it. You know, yeah. it's not just like a hobby thing. You know, but but yeah, that was that's sort of my 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 show background, my my history yeah. on the stage. How old are you? I'm 23. Okay, you're 23. So you're same same age as Kate. Yeah, uh, Michael, Michael and I here uh, we're getting old. We're almost freaking 30. Hey. Whoa. Yeah. Well, anyway, grab, uh, grab the grab the walkers. <laughs> grab the walkers. Yeah, bust it out. This is not a walking friendly city. Uh, yeah uh but uh where the fuck was i going with that uh i'm 23 (laughs) uh what's your plan like what do you like what do you want to do like uh i mean you so you're just starting to release music as your own name yeah what's what's the what's the plan yeah world domination total indoctrination ultimately i would love to be a world dictator no i'm kidding um um (laughs) can i can you expound on that no actually um i just want to reach the people who i need to reach but that's a very you know abstract broad goal but in terms of like next steps i would love so i have another song coming out august 18th called the line um yeah so first first look first announcement is on this podcast congrats um but yeah, so I have another single coming out and then um I'm working on my EP right now which um I would love to tour. So that's sort of the next uh POA for me is like recording um the songs that I already have and like getting them, you know, getting them tight and ready for streaming and then um hopefully building up enough of an audience that I can do a small tour and that would be amazing. But in the long term, I would love to be doing all kinds of stuff. Like I am 
definitely an interdisciplinary artist. I'm a writer and a singer, obviously, but I would love to be acting and doing fashion and, you know, just being part of like the creative culture um, and also just the pop culture because I love pop culture. It's like so delicious for me. I always have. And so being part of the conversation would be amazing. And like, I just would love to have, I would love to just be able to make a living doing this. Like ultimately that is, that is my like base goal. But if we're shooting for the moon, like I would love to play the Hollywood bowl one day, you know? Yeah. That was unabashedly. That was, I love when people are honest. Yeah. <laughs> great. You're like, yeah, I love pop culture. I just want to be part of the conversation. That's uh like, duh, yeah. who doesn't like, I literally, a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, I guess when I think of like, who does it? I'm like, what lead singer doesn't want to be like showered with attention? That's true. That's true. I don't, yeah, there's a, there's very few singers I've like met that are not kind of ego heads, which I, that's like my favorite thing. I love that. Like the drummer singer dynamic is always like a fun it's, one. It's hilarious. Cause the drummers have no ego. Like y'all, y'all had ego death from an acid trip four years ago. And it's <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and we're just rocking and like, we're like, so in our heads about like, you know what everything means and whatever it's i think that's generally why drummers and singers tend to like hang out most in the band or at least when i've like just seen people on tour or whatever like that it's like it's like the the total opposites like i get you you get me and like we're nothing alike though right but Uh, like we're so entertained by the others thing yeah Yeah. i mean we can protect each other from our the emotions we don't want to like experience right (laughs) right 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 um yeah but uh in, in general though like but you know there are all like exceptions to that rule there's some singers of course of course and hate singing live but they're so fucking good people are like yeah do it though i want you yeah to do it. like Did frank you- like frank ocean for example i mean that whole coachella thing was so whack but i saw him live in 2017 at fyf in la and it was literally his last live performance since that coachella thing so i I saw in real time, like someone who is such a star and who is so relevant, but who hates being in the public eye and like literally actively avoids playing shows. And I'm like, music really comes in all shapes and sizes. And just because you sing doesn't mean you want to be the center of attention or just because you don't sing doesn't mean you don't want to be the center of attention. You know, I feel like like. I don't know. I think about band members who are just who just always play for other artists. And I'm like, I wonder I wonder if that is enough or if there is sort of like an urge to to do your own thing. But I don't know. I guess that's a question for you. Now it's my podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a pretty show offy drummer. Uh, I just can't help it. I, I do like, you know it's fun you gotta you gotta yeah i mean because i don't know you can be such a boring drummer and i don't know like playing in the pockets like great and stuff like that but uh i mean i don't know if you're gonna come to a show i want to give people a reason to actually like come to a show right what what is what was your whole like thought on frank ocean's thing because he what what happened at coachella he like didn't play a full set or he was just over it or what was the whole he basically um 
first of all, he had this huge set that he was supposed to not not like set as in music set, but like a physical set. It was there was an ice rink and there were going to be ice skaters that were like da- like looping around him as he sang. And then like an hour before the show, he's like, actually, I don't want that. Um, and so they had to like completely reorganize the stage setup, and then it just ended up being him. Like you couldn't even see him. There was literally a group of people like walking around him in a circle the entire show. You couldn't see his face. You could barely hear him. He wasn't singing. He was just like playing tracks basically. And people, you know, people who had waited for years and years and years to see him perform were all devastated because they were like, "What?" Like that's it and then he cut the show early and i think he went past curfew um and like started late as well so just like a, a pretty disrespectful to the fans yeah. like especially because it was coachella and that shit is so expensive like so many people probably like minimum spent a thousand dollars just to be there and it just shows a level of detachment from that being in that place as an artist where like you understand what it's like to you know to be on either side like you want to see a great show but you also want to give a give a great show because you should feel in you should feel entitled like your fans are entitled to that and you should feel like you owe them that yeah yeah that's that's a rough it's a rough spot to be in because you know I don't know what you do for work, but like, you know, I, I end up working service industry stuff when I'm not doing music stuff. Right. And you're just like, some days you just don't want to fucking deal with people. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but it would, yeah. I mean, so Michael just saw a little Nas X at what? Governor's ball. Was that right? Oh, yo. Yes. Uh, and, uh, he was he not having a great day. Oh, really? What was, <laughs> he came what out was on a deal? horse. <laughs> like a real horse? And, <laughs> and was like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to be here right now. And then absolutely crushed it. But it was so... <laughs> um, yeah, some, sometimes, like, people just have, like, a bad day and it shows. Yeah, yeah. It honestly, like, could could have been that deep. It could have been not that deep. It could have just been, like, I have a stomach ache. Or it could have been... I also know that Frank had a, had a little brother who passed away... And he I, he mentioned something like I used to go to Coachella with my little brother. And so this is like really meaningful for me. Um, so I'm sure that was a factor. But ultimately, like I'm not my I'm not in the business to like pathologize no. artist behavior because artists are insane, um, historically unpredictable and hard to uh, hard to read. And also like kind of think they're exempt from the rules of basic ethics and morals and human decency so like <laughs> but then on, a, on the other hand like that's kind of fun like how depraved everyone is um makes for makes for good stories and good music exactly and i think yeah that that's that's the whole point and uh it, it it's such a it's such a hard hump to get over to actually get to the point where you're playing shows and people actually expect stuff of you and you're making enough money to like get to do these things exactly i think that's what people always like feel this weird thing it's like yeah i would love to have that problem where i like wake up all hungover in europe and i'm like oh, i gotta go play a show yeah it's like I, I have to play i have to play primavera sound right now like after being on a yacht all day like yeah, i'm tired like yeah. it just it's just such an unrealistic thing I but know. you know but in order to 
to actually be that successful as a musician, you have to work your ass off all the time. Literally. Like, and that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I don't really need to be like yachting in Capri, as Beyonce would say. But like, <laughs> I I would love to be like, be able to like finance my basic needs with music. And I know that that's not going to come through streaming. Um, and so like finding other avenues um, to to make money while still being involved in music or like, vocal production in some way so like right now i'm trying to get into more freelance stuff um doing you know like like music content like like that's that's what kate does she you gotta talk to her about that um yeah she does a lot of like writing stuff and she didn't go to school for that either it's weird stuff like that exactly i want to i want to be doing those weird like odd articles and like you know, making royalty free music for like a TikTok commercial or something like that. I think at this point in my life is like, I'm not above that at all. Um, And I think for a while, I don't know. I think when I was in college, I was so isolated and didn't have to actually like encounter the real world that I just had a really idealized vision of like my, my come up or whatever. And I don't think it's like that for anyone. Um, Yeah. Like they're even even my friends who are signed and successful and, you know, by all means should be like over the moon have to have to work literally all the time because they're under the jurisdiction of other people now. And um, so I don't know. I, I, I always remember like this is you're doing this because it brings you the most joy. Like this is what you're doing with your life because it brings you the most joy. So like, don't, don't let that joy be sucked away from it. Um, just through like the frustration of wanting to make something good or something people will listen to, you know, or like, or just being, making it, doing it in a pure commercial sense can really be soul sucking. So just like, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I like, I need to remain, I don't know. I I need to not be as jaded, and I just li- the by the way I do that is just listening to me- new music and old music, um, and going to shows and feeling like hopeful, um, <laughs> uh, like okay. Do you do you feel like you're just getting started, like with with kind of stuff you're doing? Like when did you start releasing music? And uh, I, we should start talking about five five five. Oh I'll- yeah, we can we. There's a lot to do. Yeah, I'm a I'm a chatty I'm a chatty chatty cat. I feel like I could talk to you for quite a while. Uh, oh yeah, yeah we, should, uh, we should all hang out. We should. I feel like we should get that whole fucking group that that Let's whole group together at some point. And, like, Let's have go bowling. Bowl. Yeah, I'm going bowling right after this. Actually, no I'm way. Having, I'm having a fucking great day. I went to the beach. It Yo. was the nicest day we've had in New York. I get to hang out with you and Michael, and I'm going bowling, seeing a show tonight. Wow, wow, that's amazing. I'm Living seeing Barbie best. tonight. I'm going to a midnight show of Barbie tonight. So I'm I'm also very excited. Um, that's tomorrow. I mean, that's like, oh my god, that we're upon the open open Barbie. What are it's they called? Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer time. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Yeah. It's Barbenheimer time, and I'm seeing uh Oppenheimer on Saturday. So and then I'm going to uh a show on whatever. Okay, off topic, five five five. So five 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 is my debut single. That is my first song I've ever dropped. And it was, we recorded it about a year ago to the date that it was dropped. Um, so 
it was it took a long time because my friends and collaborators are amazing and incredibly talented, which means they are very um, busy all the time. So like in the interest of wanting to keep it in the family, I, I was like, okay, I would rather just have this be the best that I can make it and drop it on my own time than just like rush it. Um, and that's what I did. And I'm glad that I did because it really is like exactly how I wanted it to be. I mean, now I can't listen to it because it makes me crazy, but like when I, when I could still listen to it, I was like, this is amazing. Um, Banger. My, yeah. Thank you. Fun. Um, Charlie Kilgore is the producer and he's in the band, Michelle, if you know them. Um, they're like a like a neo R and B soul slash pop group from New York, and they're 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 quite a they're 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 playing Lala, which is pretty fucking sick. Whoa. Um, yeah, so they're like they're definitely on the up up and up. And then my friend Finn Finn Bennett mixed it, and he totally brought the song to the next level. It just really um. Like he he really should have a producer credit because it totally morphed the song, his mix. Um, just because he put it through a bunch of old tape machines and like really saturated the vocal and like made it sound the way it's supposed to sound. Yeah, that's that's the thing about it. It's like you have it's like kind of it's like um electro pop kind of uh indie vibe too but your vocals and i think this is probably one of my favorite things about your show is that it's like this like deep brooding like jazz voice that you have uh yeah, yeah the, like the saturation and how everything sounds with it is like yeah no it sounds great the the vocals are like perfect for it and it's unique it's not there's not nothing quite like it so wow that that means so much to me thank you yeah i try to i try to use my instrument to the best I, of my ability where I'm like, okay, I don't have, you know, like a whispery Billie Eilish princess voice. I'm not going to make whispery music because that is not what my instrument is built for. And so like I, you know, trying to figure out how to synthesize like mm, the the production style that I like, which is a little brutal. Um, like a little a little bit uh yeah, like, yeah but then i you know i have this like smooth sort of like smooth jazz voice that i can tap into which i think is a fun little contrast you know what you should do for side work is you should just like uh you know just read audiobooks like especially like that's literally what i'm trying to do bro let's let's fucking do it hey we're setting up a studio here we'll we'll, we'll put you up i i've done audiobook recording yeah we got it we'll, we'll stuff to put you to sleep <laughs> exactly it's that's that's kind of the the hustle i'm trying to get into right now is just like doing kind of voiceover like filler work yeah i'm just do it yeah you got yeah. it exactly. uh, i send my, my buddy jake i send him uh, all the voice over like voice acting gigs that i can but yeah there's there's a billion out there yeah uh, exactly it's 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 out there the truth is out there um so yeah the production so what what was like your idea with the song and how so you, you had a producer you had somebody mixing it you had uh what at some point you were like i want to release a song i want to release 
this song. Right. Like what was the, what was the grand idea? Because like, what's crazy is like, so I'm looking right now you have 8,757 listens. You're kind of like, and this is like you just putting something out there that that's really good for like a first release. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really happy with that as well. Like for pretty much no professional promo, like I paid for like a couple Instagram ads, but like in general, it's organic. And that's amazing to me that that a, that people are finding this song somehow and B that they're listening to it multiple times. Like I I have my, you know, Spotify for artists analytics and like the average listener listens to it at least twice. And that's crazy. I'm like, like you came back for more. That's insane. So I think so in, in, in terms of like deciding that this was the one that I wanted to drop as my debut single. So the line, which is coming out, um, in about a month was the other option. Um, and they're pretty, they're very different. The line is, is a lot more jazzy and a lot more, um, ethereal, I guess. Um, whereas five, five, five is quite oblique and, and intense. Um, and I kind of just wanted to knock down the door. I was just like, I want to make an entrance and I don't want it to go unnoticed. And it's really hard not to, it's a very commanding sort of song, like especially the, that like bass line and those drums, they're just so propulsive. And I was like, yeah, I really want this to be like, I, it just, it really it says like, I'm here. Hey. Um, and I'm, I'm here and I really just don't, I DGAF. Um, what <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, I do GAF, which is the secret, but in terms of the, like, you know, I won't, we, won't, we won't tell anybody. No. Thank you. Thank you. Just anyone who listens to this podcast will, will know, but yeah. anyone else. It'll just be your mom, basically. Yeah, exactly. We can uh, look it if you want. Like, there's <laughs> always options. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, you, so you recorded this song, like what you said a year ago, right? So what was, yeah. but you had, I mean, yeah, you said it's organic how people found the song, but in general, what was like your, if you had to like kind of, look back and be like, this is all the promotion I did leading up to the release. What do you think went well? What do you think didn't? What, and what did you do to actually get to that point where you actually had some people listening to it? I mean, like the song, you worked really hard on the song and it's, it shows and people are re-listening to it. So clearly it sounds good, but what was the, what was your marketing? If anything, marketing tactic. So, um, another mask off moment. I hate, hate doing social media promo. makes me feel like, like a zebra at the circus doing ball tricks and i'm like this is not my nature i'm not the kind of person to post a video on tiktok every day like it just doesn't come naturally to me so i really had to get over that like feeling of oh it's so annoying everybody thinks it's annoying um and just be like whatever it's everybody knows it's what you have to do so you just do it um, because the goal, right, is to like have the algorithm catch you and hopefully put you on someone's radar that hasn't seen you before. That's my current like goal. Um, and so for promo, I I knew I needed visuals and I knew I needed a video. Um, and so my friend Megan Marshall, shout out, 
She is one of the best artist photographers in New York. She's amazing. Um, we did a photo shoot, um, which I ended up using one of those pictures on the cover. And then I use those pictures as like initial promo. And then I was like, this isn't super informative. Like, I think that I could have probably done some more teasers, like video teasers, and that might have that might have played better. But I was just like, I didn't really have it yet. And I just didn't, I don't know. I was just like, okay, just fucking post something. Like, don't wait around. Yeah. Um, and then my friend Iris, Iris Olympia um filmed me running around their roof and like that ended up being you know the music video and the visuals and then my friend Liza Liza Gross edited it um and did an amazing job and so ever since I've had that footage it's been a lot easier to promote um because it just seems like short video content is the most engaging to people nowadays um so, like I said, it's hard for me to 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 feel like I I I'm doing that earnestly, and so I really try to not um use like a fake social media voice. I I just yeah. I try to I try to like be my actually myself, and like I don't I hate just it's I think it's just inherently humiliating to be like advertising yourself on social media in general. It doesn't matter if you're a musician or just a person. Yeah. So once I accepted that, I was like, whatever. You know what? I I'm at a point now where I'm willing to debase and humiliate myself for the sake of my music. But I don't think I'm I'm need to do it. I'm just saying like I think a lot of artists think they have to be like in the car with their ex and they're like so remember how i told you i was never gonna write a song about you well i did and here it is and it's like oh is this what it is now like do we really have to be doing all this like yeah so so there was always that side of me that like you know the side of me that felt like i was at the circus but um and then in terms of like I really was just TikTok and Instagram. Like I didn't have any other avenues to, to use. Like I don't can't take out a billboard or a radio ad or a wheat pasting. I'm just like, there's no reason. Not, to. There's no reason to, it's like so extra. And what is, what is like, um, what is something that you do differently maybe for TikTok or Instagram, like you personally, or do you just post just the same stuff on both? Um, I TikTok's a little more like, unserious i would say with tiktok i like I'll, I'll record a video of myself in like three times speed like like listen to my song like just just being dumb and then on instagram i feel like it's a little more professional a little more editorial a little more like highbrow not to say it is always that but i just feel like comedy plays better on tiktok than on instagram yeah. And so finding a way for people to see that I don't take myself that seriously, but I also like I'm still trying to get myself out there, like trying to strike that balance, I think, is is what the, the biggest difference. And also Instagram, like Instagram is it's a thirst trap. Like, let's be so real. Like, like I definitely have to to look and act a certain way, present a certain aesthetic. Um in order 
Yeah, like like I feel like maybe it's just uh, misogyny or maybe it's just being like a singer, but the your look I think is important and your 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 visuals whatever. Like your look and visuals are what sets you apart. Um because there's a lot of amazing singers out there, you know. It's like there's so many but not all of them have the eye-catching visuals or the sense of style or the the direction like the creative artistic direction aesthetic direction to make it really stand out and for me that was like that's something I've been thinking about ever since I decided that I wanted to pursue this because I'm somebody who's really invested in you know aesthetics and and it's just like like some of some of the best albums ever have such iconic art that also like bleeds into the aesthetic of the band and like like i don't know i'm thinking of like radiohead and nirvana right now like how like i don't know they match their vibe with their visuals and like for me um i'm i'm somewhere between like an evil succubus and like I know the way I actually the way I would describe my persona is like if a lounge singer and like a brat punk like had a baby um and so like I use a lot of like red and purple and uh, um just like I I, tr- I try to keep things minimalistic but striking yeah I I would completely agree with that it's definitely like when I when I think of you it's like this like like a just a lounge singer but also with just this like airy ethereal like fast energetic electronic thing going on as well at the same time thank you um and that's that. pretty yeah no it's 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 uh incredible i was really really digging your guys set so oh, that, that, yeah the the, the sec that what i love how you're thinking about it too it's like it's it's really good for other people to like hear and listen to other people and how they develop their, their themselves and yeah i'm gonna put online yeah i think that's honestly like i don't know there's so many bands in new york too like i think something that my michelle has done really well is is figure out their aesthetic and not like like their stage aesthetic and what sets them apart and um so i took a page out of their book for sure and i was just like okay commit to something simple that you can build on yeah yeah and uh there's there's no reason why you have to like settle down with anything on it too it's just like just do shit that you like right exactly do shit that you like at the end of the day like do shit that you like and michael and i are fucking terrible with social media uh we get some amazing people on the show we have awesome episodes with people uh and we have a bunch of like clipped up episodes of every single like show that we've done i just don't like posting them it feels it's weird. horrible it feels just, weird it feels like it's like i have very intimate conversations with people but like i'm like i don't want like yeah I listen to it if you want but i don't want to put that like online like yeah there's <laughs> something wanna, about like, chop it up right there, there's something about diluting it and forcing it upon other people that just feels like it kind of bastardizes it but also like if it's getting people to listen to the full thing then like whatever Every single time we post something like that, we get a bunch more downloads for stuff. And we're like, well, that was, that makes sense. Ah, that, that helped. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, we, 
just a little more. Do you have, do you have a few more minutes? Yeah, totally. All right, cool. Well, uh, so part of what we do for this show is we have to uh, Instagram stalk everybody that we we uh, you know <laughs> talk to. But yeah. I thought this was hilarious. This is right at the top of your Instagram. Uh, this guy commented. Oh, <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're gonna say. No, read it. And I was like, I was on the train coming back from the beach. I was like, oh shit. Uh, can you can you can you read it for for the people yes, at home? Yes. So it was was on the video for five five five, and uh, okay. So this guy, not a fan here, just gave five 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 a listen, and I really don't like profanity. I don't understand why some songwriters feel the need to use vulgar, dis- disrespectful, offensive language in a song, all creative words. Blah, 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 blah. Classless music, in my opinion. So many good and great songwriters over the years have never used profanity. Sorry, I'm just not going to follow you and support your music. I was like, okay, bro, I don't give a fuck. Like, why are you taking the time out of your life to fucking write this long ass comment? First of all, I literally say two curse words in the whole song. So you're, you can't, you're scared of bad words. Okay. I thought I was cracking up i thought it was so funny like well then i was looking into the guy he's like he's like a grandfather i'm just like i'm like how did he find you must have been like through an ad or something like that like like through a hashtag or something like looking through hashtag music and like i just popped up and he just has like him with his shirt off like with his family just enjoying it whatever he's just i know he's like he's like oh look at my wholesome family and he's like out here terrorizing like actual randos on the internet <laughs> like I, I love that he's like sitting at like olive garden with his family he's like <laughs> and they're like hey and he's like hold on like yeah he's he's like wait <laughs> wait 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 like I, I i understand you have something important to tell me her his yeah. wife is like i need i want a divorce and he's like actively writing yeah. he's like there's kid. there's this 23 year old girl out there and she needs to know that, that i'm her, not a fan that i will not, not be streaming i'm like Okay. Like also when I first saw the like long comment in the first part said not a fan here, I was like, oh no, like they're gonna critique the like the song. And then it was just that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then what's that, Michael? <laughs> I'm gonna just put out there that if anybody wants to send this guy um songs that have profanity in it, just see if he's a fan or not. For every confirmed, you know, message that you send him with a song link of a song that has profanity, we'll send you his Unperry Project sticker. Hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm kinda, let's go. Like, what do you think of this song? Sorry, uh... that's just. I'm just. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just needs to hear more songs with profanity in it. Like maybe, maybe we he can just get him to come around. Needs to hear yeah. like pussy, 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 marijuana, and like he'll come to and he'll realize yeah, like, maybe. oh, I'm a down ass kind of dude i feel um, like this is like one of those like closeted ass like yeah guys it's just like oh like i i find Rrr. yeah like like the kind of person that listens to you know wap and is like i yeah. uh, like i secretly like oh my god those girls are amazing but like i need yeah. shit on it like you know what i mean right like, it's also uh, just like the the m- misogyny element where it's like he he said something about like this is setting a bad example for young girls and i'm like I'm not trying to set an example for young girls. The fuck, like I'm literally not. That's, a, that's what we're here for. Is like we're you're setting examples <laughs> for on. young girls. Yeah. The Zen Perry Project is setting examples for young girls. Annabelle Asher 
is not. Yeah. <laughs> why is it my responsibility to set an example for young girls? Like me? Like <laughs> no. I I I it's so dumb. Like obviously I'm not making music for children. Like Yeah, and and the guy goes on. Like he just he he He's so, and I'm like, thank you for the engagement. Instagram, the Instagram algorithm is probably like, doesn't know what's happening. And they're like, yeah. I I got called uh, a racist on one of my things, which okay, is, is that sounds bad. Just hold. hold no, I, no, 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 no. I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm, we're getting canceled. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. So it was on uh, like a reel I did on YouTube with the the podcast but all i was talking about was that gentrification exists and it was this guy in front of his like in front of his chevy he was a white dude he was calling me racist against white people i was like oh you're just an idiot oh got it got it got it like (laughs) yeah that's i was like as soon as i saw the comment before i saw who it was or like what the like the what the context was i was like oh fuck am i a terrible person like am i just getting called out now but like it but also that reel jumped up like just the amount <laughs> of like like plays it had just because somebody called me racist on it, which had for no fucking reason. Which had nothing to do with anything. I had nothing to do with anything. I was just I was like gentrification exists and it sucks. And that was like kind of my thing. And that uh, yeah, like I just did so not- real. Uh, um yeah, well, he had a point. It sounds like you're being really racist against white people right now. Yeah, so. right. yeah, yeah. man, you know, we're, we have a rough out here. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, but OK, so uh, to this guy's point, I, I had not listened to not the racist guy. Uh, we're I'm segueing back. We're uh, talking about the 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 classless music guy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I did look at the lyrics and your lyrics are they are. Wait, what's what I was I was talking to Michael. Oh, this is my favorite line. Rock bottom of the body pile, shoot hot spit crunch bone. Is that is that yeah. that, that's... <laughs> that is a sick line. I, yeah. I Thank you. Charlie, Char- I will give Charlie credit for that one because he definitely like had the idea for that verse. Um well, like basically the idea behind the song was we wanted the the verses to be really dense and manic and like weird and odd and the for the chorus to be a little more spread um and so that's why there's a lot going on in the verses and then the chorus is like three words um but yeah no like charlie's an incredible writer we wrote that song together but i i like he was like i figured it out i figured it out rock bottom of the body pile (laughs) shoot hot spit crunch bone and i was like you're so fucking weird for that and i love it like i'm obsessed like it doesn't rhyme it doesn't make sense it's like kind of visual but it also just like you're just like ow that like it's like it's just like it's it's like it 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 really puts you exactly where i wanted someone to be is like laying on the tile under a bunch of bodies just like being crushed and like how you know like like you go from from the mania to the crash like that yeah. was kind of yeah what 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 is the story behind this song because that is not what the song is about uh yeah are you, are you how how much do you feel like saying about it um yeah i'll say some i'll say some 
Um, so the song is actually about I had a, a psychotic break my freshman year of college and I really, really didn't know that at the time because anyone who's ever been manic or psychotic knows it's like really hard to 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 know that you think everyone else is is wrong and you're right basically and so i going going with that sort of idea and and just thinking that you are being directly given signs from the universe that like this person is meant for you and that was what was happening with me like freshman year of college basically like this random guy who absolutely did not deserve my time or attention like I just gotten out of a long relationship and he was there, but incredibly um, a, a bad influence. Let's just say that he was a bad influence. And because of a lot of factors, I ended up like really, really, really falling hard for this guy. But uh, it was like comorbid with an intense case of mania where I was like, you know, I associated all of these like super happy new energy feelings with him instead of like oh i should seek medical help um <laughs> and so like it, 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 that song is sort of from the perspective of me when i was in that space of like you know i'm so sure about this i'm so positive that the universe is sending me signs but he had a girlfriend like like who was still in high school and across the country and Oof. you know yeah it was tough it was tough and he just like wasn't attracted to me it was really like oh like it hurt so bad but ultimately i'm so glad nothing ever happened because whoo he's a piece of work but um if you ever listen to this he's not gonna be happy but it's fine we don't talk to each other anymore so i doubt he'll ever even see it um but yeah, I think I think this song was very cathartic for me because I had a lot of pent up rage towards him and a lot of energy like this this time in my life had so much energy, but it was also so toxic and corrosive. And so I just like wanted to wanted to figure out how to wrap all of that up together. And so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I mean, it's a very like as I read the lyrics, I was like, "This is very intense." I yeah, it, it is. It is. It is an intense song. It's like I can't wait to go to your first play. You know, <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to make um my Broadway debut after becoming an international pop sensation, and everyone's like, "They can act," and I'm like, "Yeah, bitch, <laughs> I'm aware of many hats." Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Um, but also like. At the end of the day, I just am happy with like doing art on any level at any time. But yeah, um, yeah, this is—I mean, this is—it's it's an incredible song. I think extremely well produced. Like uh, the video is awesome. So just like you know, keep doing that. I got. Will do. I got two more questions. Yeah, hit me. Two. Um, what do I want? Which one do I want to ask first? We'll do uh, we'll do this one. What do you um, what do you do when you're starting to second guess yourself or feel like there's no reason to keep on making music? Or if, if that has never occurred to you, what do you do when you have somebody, some old guy uh, start hating on your music uh, on the Internet? What 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 are the sort of like 
mechanisms that you've developed uh, about your ego? So many, because you know that I this is a daily struggle. And then like all musicians, I think, have that like, do I even bother? But then I do a few things. I will like just start playing covers. I'll just play songs that I know and love and I know that I can do well. And then I feel how good it feels to do that and how like natural that feels. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that connects me to the why. And then also like when my friends or people I don't know reach out at all about it, like even the fact that they like gave it a listen, I'm like, okay, that's something that really helps. But I also like to go through my my notes app and my voice memos because it's literally a wasteland of of ideas and melodies and songs and you know, lyrics that are just lying dormant and I'm like, okay, I literally have a full fucking archive. Obviously, I do this consciously or unconsciously, so I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Um, and and sometimes I'll I'll listen to an old voice memo or read an old note and I'll be like, damn. Okay, shit. Like, wow, I didn't realize. Um, I don't remember ever recording that or saying that, but it actually was was quite, quite good. So that really helps me when I'm feeling like, oh, like. Sometimes I'll even feel like jealous of my past self, like, oh, she was so inspired and like, you know, had all this stuff to write about. And I'm like, I can always go back to those those notes and go back to those times and, you know, build on them. But but yeah, um, those are those are some of my some of my coping mechanisms. Those are great. Yeah, I think um, I think playing covers is something that I've been kind of more into as I'm kind of just like refinding my my stuff because I was only into originals for a while but yeah no I, I, I it's nice to hear somebody else say that as well as the other stuff you mentioned that yeah that was, that was probably that was probably one of the best answers we've had for that so far this is oh. a new, new end of show question that we've started asking oh thank you yeah I, I I really do do that and and like just just playing things that are kind of easy like just so you remind yourself like this is you know this is a fundamental part of me and when 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 something is simple you can really go crazy um so yeah definitely recommend um it also makes you feel better about like where you're at currently because you're like oh this song is so easy and then it's like probably a song that i wouldn't have found easy a few years ago so yeah anyways Uh, absolutely all right, last question. What last uh, question? What is your idea of success? My idea of success is being able to pay rent and have health insurance and have food and maybe then some. Just being able to make a living off of my art. Um, once I can do that. I will feel free. <laughs> there you go. Love it. And also yeah. like having like a million monthly listeners would be cool one day. Hey, you're on your way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a thousand right now, you know, about to have yeah. maybe 2000 soon. 
Oh, hey, come on. I hope so. Fingers crossed, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking, uh, Kate's released like 50-something songs. Which That's I, insane. I had no idea. That is so wild. She, I mean, she's been doing this since... Because she moved to New York when she was 18. So, yeah, I I feel like I'm... I'm Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm just getting started. There is yeah. so much more to come. Yeah, no, it's. A, I feel like you have a good you have a good streamlined approach to everything that you're doing now. Is is uh, in my humble mean nothing words. Uh, I think uh, I think you got it. Like just just keep doing what you're doing. Um, is there anything so else much. you want to say to fans or anybody listening? Or um, the line comes out August 18th. Thank you. Uh, if you've gotten this far, I love you. Thank you. Um, DM me um, and tell me if you've got this far. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm just so appreciative of you guys for having me on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was yeah. super fun. Um, yeah, I had, the, I had such a great time. Stream, stream five, five, five. Um, follow, follow me on Instagram at a N N A B E L dot Asher A S H E R. That's where I post all of my like show updates and all that shit so if you want to stay in the loop that's where you go yeah i'm gonna try to be at your next show for sure uh whenever that is ditto ditto um i think we got some stuff in september which what we might have to hit you up um yeah i'm i'm for, around for, hit my line either way whenever you get back into new york hopefully let's all get together with like some musician friends it would be really cool to actually have like a little meet and hang out outside of our show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on. that was that was such a fun night you know I just, it was like, it yeah, was yeah. I want to chase that high for sure. Yeah, let's keep doing that. I think I think uh, that was such a great show. We didn't even, we didn't even talk about uh, you know the other people, but you know. Yeah, we, Noah and Lizzie were also great. I mean, like all very different, but there's a through line, which is we listened to a lot of Lady Gaga growing up. <laughs> that that was the through line, I guess. <laughs> I was looking for it, but I guess they're just Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah, it I feel was, like Lady Gaga is actually the through yeah. line for at reality. Yeah, uh, for, yeah. For, for most New York musicians, most New York singers, it's like Gaga's. Gaga's uh, definitely we we worship at the shrine. Gaga. Um, but also, quick fun story before we end. Please. I so my parents live in Malibu, and. Lady Gaga literally lives down the street. And one time my parents were at the, the grocery store with my dog. And this woman is like, your dog is so cute. And my mom looks up and is like, thank you. And it's literally Lady Gaga, like Miss Mrs. Germanata in the flesh. And um, that's just that's just L.A., baby. Yeah. I yeah no totally you know who's funny I just saw at the beach she was sitting right next to us was Kaylani no way and I was like I was I was sitting there I was with my friends and I was just staring at her and I felt so I like felt bad doing it because I'm like is that is that and I was like on her Instagram 14.8 million followers I'm like but that's are you is that yeah and I was like I just couldn't help yeah uh yeah no the neck tattoos are a pretty dead giveaway yeah fe- face tattoo i was like that's totally her yeah anyway <laughs> uh yeah and also my friend did serve lady gaga coffee one time and said she was the nicest person ever and yep my buddy was not stoked because she came in like right before they closed <laughs> 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 I, 
<laughs> so, and then his like coworker came up and was like, you know, that was Lady Gaga, right? Like the one you were just an asshole to. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh. I bet was- she appreciates when people are assholes to her because she's like, well, I I feel like I get the princess treatment all the time. Like it's nice to be treated like a person. For sure. <laughs> I, I think on the, on the coasts, she's probably very well respected. I, I feel like middle America is probably a little, a little torn up on Lady Gaga. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but also like she's a badass. Like, you know, yeah, she, I mean, she handles so, her shit. She's so she's so mother. And also she started off cutting her teeth in New York clubs just like us, you know, yeah. like she and Lana too, Lizzie Grant at the time, like they were there's old videos of them from like the aughts performing at, you know, boiler room or the bitter end and like it's yeah. just like so cool it's like oh well michael what's what's the what's the record store that you know the guy jamal generation uh, no that's not generation records a different one um oh my god this is gonna kill me yeah uh, uh, village like, village revival village revival and that's uh, he knows, he knows everybody yeah Lana Del Rey to go in there and all that stuff right and yeah uh i think he, he's on a first name basis with dave Chappelle. like he calls him <laughs> you know i think it was like so many people like he's just like uh, i can imagine yeah i would be i would be very unchill um like host or waiter in like a shishi restaurant because i would not be able to like keep my shit together but really i mean like like, I, vol- I, like- I, think, I don't think that's true. I think you would get well. I, w- I would um, be fine. I would be fine, but there's a couple people who like who? me. Like who? Um, and we'll just say that. Um, yeah, well, Gaga, obviously. I think, um, if I'm at Harry Styles, I'd be so gagged. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not, I'm not necessarily like a huge Harry Styles fan. I just feel like I would be so like what like if i met zendaya i would feel this way um yeah just like untouchably. i really i really like harry styles shit like the more the more stuff i see of his like there was a howard stern show that he did and he was doing some old like covers and like i was like damn this guy is like really really good oh he's he's fantastic harry styles is really good (laughs) hot take well it is a hot take from the musician world like 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 yeah for people like me it's not usually (laughs) like a a thing that people usually talk about but he's incredible oh you know who i would flip the fuck out if i met fiona apple oh well same because she just doesn't leave her house so like that would be a true unicorn. She is an example of one of the singers we're talking about at the start, you know, where it's like they don't like being out that much. Exactly. And she's yeah. one of my she's one of my biggest inspirations. It's like I'm like a Fiona Apple like detention. I could totally <laughs> there there's your new Instagram bio. Exactly. Exactly. Fiona Apple like detention. <laughs> but I feel like I could talk to you for so much longer, but I, I actually have to go bowling and I'm sure Michael has stuff to do. I'm sure you have stuff to do. Uh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's solve, let's do some shit when you get back in town. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank like this has been super fun. And like oh I my can't god, where thank you. Go. you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Zen Prey Project. Make sure to follow the Zen Prey Project on Instagram. Leave us a review for any of the episodes that you liked. And consider sharing this with a friend that might be interested in this sort of show. We'll see you next time.